This podcast contains adult themes and is not intended for children. Listener discretion is advised. If you enjoy this content, please consider following us on Instagram and Twitter at Tales Driftwood. Welcome back to Tales of Driftwood, where story is everything. As always, I am your host, Eric, and today I'll be bringing you the seventh chapter of Hyde. Before we get started, as always, let me give you a brief recap of what went down last week. We went with Julian and Wade to Hell House, where we met Liam O'Leary and Dorian Donnelly. Wade and Julian negotiated a deal with the two men to run interference for them so they could sneak into Hyde. While Dorian was skeptical and wanted to turn the deal down, Liam was very enthusiastic about the proposition, so the deal was accepted. Liam was so fired up about the money they were receiving, he started what he called an audition, resulting in the deaths of several of the patrons, as well as Hell House itself burning down. Where we left off, all four young men were driving to their next destination, another bar called The Rut, to meet up with the inside contact that had discovered Max snooping around Hyde. So, with all that being said... I give to you Hyde Chapter 7, Old Ghosts. As they drove towards the dive bar known as the Rut, where the contact from Hyde had told Max to meet them, Julian glanced over at Wade. Well, what do you think? Wade grinned. Boys sure can handle themselves in a brawl, can't they? Julian nodded uneasily. Sure didn't use any stealth or finesse, did they? Wade shook his head disapprovingly. Come on, Julian. We knew we weren't going to be hiring ninjas. We knew that these guys are brawlers who just happen to be very good at not getting themselves killed. Wade chuckled. Besides, we're kind of paying them to be loud and distracting, aren't we? Julian nodded, still unconvinced. I suppose it's just the recklessness that's bothering me. I mean, we were talking to them for less than 20 minutes and they managed to turn an entire bar against us and burn it to the ground. I know Dorian stopped Liam from killing that one guy, but he was well prepared to pull the trigger. Even if he didn't kill him then, when Hell House burned down, I'm pretty sure it took a few of its patrons and its owner with it. Wade nodded. Yeah, that one that got hit with the bat looked done for on the spot. He looked over at Julian and narrowed his eyes. Are you ready for this, Jules? I mean, the, the death. 
Getting into fistfights and little scraps here and there is one thing, but neither of us have ever killed anyone. Are you sure that when the time comes to punish the people responsible for your parents' death, you'll be able to do it? Julian stared at him for a moment, and then returned his gaze to the windshield. Wade sighed tiredly and turned the car left into a parking lot. We're here. The rut. As the two boys got out of the car, a green pickup truck that looked like it was held together with tape pulled into the parking lot next to them. Liam and Dorian jumped out, and Julian motioned to the truck. You actually drive around in this thing? Liam laughed at the worried expression on Julian's face. Aye, brother. She's the green goblin. She don't look like much, but I'll tell you one thing. When the devil himself is chasing you, you'll be wanting to be in this nifty little chunk of metal. Wade spat on the ground. I'll take my chances with my own ride. Thanks anyway. Liam sneered in his direction momentarily before grinning again. Ah, teach his own lad. So what's the play here? Julian quickly glanced over at Wade who slowly shook his head. He turned back to Dorian and Liam. Well, I was thinking that Wade and I should go in and check things out. Max spoke to the contact using a messenger service so he has no idea what this person looks like. The advantage is theirs because we're the ones that have to initiate the meeting. Dorian spoke up. How do you start the meeting? Julian licked his lips. Ah, uh, I have to order a drink called an oil slick from the bar. Liam grimaced. Ugh, bloody awful drink. Do you actually have to drink that swill too? Julian shrugged. I don't think that part is important, just so long as I order it. Weed cut in. I've been thinking about that. What if someone before you has ordered an oil slick and the contact approached them? Liam laughed loudly. <laughs> Trust me, brother. No one orders an oil slick. It was a very good choice of signal by your contact. They must really know their bruise. Dorian turned to Julian. What about us? He asked, motioning to himself and Liam. Julian looked at him thoughtfully for a moment and then replied. You two should wait out here. If anyone comes running out or you hear some kind of disturbance inside, I'm sure you can handle it. Right now, though, I would feel more comfortable with you guys playing backup. Sound good? Dorian furrowed his brow at Julian. You don't trust us. Liam laughed and slapped Dorian on the back. <laughs> Stay easy, brother. Goodness, but you're a monarchy one today. He turned to Julian. Don't worry, lad. Me and my mate will wait for you here until you've handled your business. Just pull your socks up and get in there. Julian nodded thankfully at Liam, and he and Wade walked through the front door of the little building. They both stood frozen in the doorway for a moment before letting out a collective sigh of relief. This bar was nothing like Hell House, and the other bar there had been thick with tension, while this bar was filled with laughter and an overall cheery atmosphere. They made their way to the bar, nodding at some friendly looking clientele on the way. The bartender behind the bar was a young woman that looked to be in her early 30s. She smiled warmly at the duo. Hey there boys, what'll it be? Julian smiled politely back at her. I'll have an oil slick, if it wouldn't be too much trouble. The girl winced. An oil slick? Really, honey? I gotta tell you, you're cute, but your taste in drinks is awful. You sure you don't want something else? Julian shook his head, this time glancing around at the other patrons as he repeated this time a little louder. No, thank you, miss. An oil slick would be just fine. 
The girl shrugged and turned back to the bar, gathering the necessary ingredients for his drink. Julian turned to Wade and saw that his best friend had a foolish grin on his face. What? Wade shook his head. You talk to girls like an old man. It's charming, really. At this, Wade burst out laughing. Julian turned red momentarily and then grabbed Wade's arm. Shut up, man. You're attracting too much attention. Wade easily waved his arm back and forth. Don't worry about it, Jules. This ain't Hell House. You can relax here. He still brought his laughter down to a low chuckle. I just don't understand how you seem to have every other aspect of your life in order, not the least of which is planning a damn invasion into a fortress, yet you can't seem to talk to a pretty girl that shows any kind of interest in you. Julian turned redder. There's no time for that now, Wade. Like you said, I'm trying to break into a fortress here. Wade shrugged in exasperation. Still doesn't mean you have to talk to girls like you're a robot. The bartender returned with Julian's drink and winked at him as she placed it in front of him. Watch out now, darling. That drink has been known to snatch the life right out of some people. Julian, now self-conscious over what Wade had said, did his best to try to be smooth. Thanks, darling. I'll try to be careful. Always good to get advice from a pretty girl. The bartender frowned at him momentarily, and then laughed pleasantly and went to the other end of the bar to help another customer. Julian could feel his face burning hot as he turned and glared at Wade, who was now mischievously smiling and slowly shaking his head back and forth. Not a word, you bastard, growled Julian. Wade sped up his head-shaking movements and added a zipping-up motion to his mouth. Julian motioned with his eyes around the bar. Any reaction to my drink order? Wade became serious and leaned closer. Not one. I was looking around both times you ordered. No one so much as flinched. Julian frowned and stared down at the murky colored drink in front of him. Well, down the hatch then. He swallowed the drink in one gulp and instantly regretted it. He felt himself shudder and then realized the shudder was not ending. His entire body seemed to shudder and he glanced over at Wade in panic. Wade had returned to his previous grin and seemed to be trying to hold back laughter. Wade, I, I think I've been poisoned. Wade shook his head. No, my friend, you just ordered the worst drink in the world. Eventually, Julian's head cleared and the pain in his body subsided, but he instantly felt shaky. What's in this drink anyway? Wade shrugged. Beats me. Liam made a good point though, whoever picked that as a signal really knows their beverages. Julian nodded, pondering his thought. They sat there for another hour, Julian ordering a few more drinks, including another oil slick just to be sure that their contact was not there. The second one he gave to Wade, however, and was pleased when Wade had the same reaction to the drink that he had. Before he knew it, they had been there for two hours. He looked around and realized that no one else was in the bar except for he and Wade. He looked around again and located his friend at the far end of the bar, leaning over and flirting with the bartender. He made his way over to the pair and smiled sheepishly at the bartender. Wade, we gotta get going. We left Liam and Dorian outside hours ago. They probably left by now. Miss, what do I owe you for the drinks? She quickly jotted down a few numbers on a piece of paper. All together? Twenty e-salons, if you please, sir. Julian nodded and reached into his back pocket for his wallet. As he pulled it out, a small folded piece of paper fell out. Puzzled, he unfolded the note and read its contents. 
As he did, clarity swept over him like a wave. He slammed a 20 Isalon down on the bar and grabbed Wade. Let's go, we have to move. Wade groggily looked Julian over. What's wrong with you? What's the damn rush? Julian thrust the note into his friend's face. The contact put this in my pocket and we didn't even realize. I don't know how long ago he put this on me, but we have till 8 o'clock to get to the spot where he wants to meet. Wade looked up at the cuckoo clock hanging above the door. It's 7.50, Jules. Julie nodded with urgency. That means we have 10 minutes, buddy. Let's go. Wade stumbled to his feet and hurried towards the door behind Julian, pausing momentarily to turn and shoot a thumbs up to the bartender. You're the best, Sarah. Don't ever change. As Wade and Julian ran through the front door, Julian stopped suddenly, looking around wildly. Wade, still groggy from all the drinks he had consumed, looked at Julian curiously. What's up, Jules? Julian looked at Wade with panic in his eyes. Wade, I don't see Liam or Dorian anywhere. Wade gave him a nonchalant wave of his hand. We've been in there for hours, Jules. They probably got bored and went home. Besides, we know now where we can find them when we need them. Julian looked around desperately and then shook his head. We don't have time for this. The note said to meet the contact at Gardner Bridge. Get in the car. I'll drive. You show me where this bridge is. Julian started to purposely march off towards the car when Wade grasped his arm firmly from behind, stopping him in his tracks. He looked back at his friend in disbelief. What the hell are you doing? Wade was shaking his head. We don't need the car. We can walk. He pointed an unsteady finger in the opposite direction from where they had entered the parking lot. Gardner Bridge is down there. There used to be a river that ran down that way, but it got dammed up years ago. It'll take us like three minutes to walk down there. Julian nodded. Let's get going then. The two boys jumped over a rickety old fence that creaked in protest as they put their weight on it and made their way down a hill on the other side of the bar. Julian's heart thumped in his chest in anticipation. Who was this mystery contact? Did they know anything about him? Would he be able to get them into hide undetected? As they reached the bottom of the hill, Julian indeed found himself standing in what appeared to be a dried up riverbed. He glanced over at Wade who gave him a knowing smile and pointed to their left. He looked over and saw a tiny bridge, practically hidden by all the underbrush that had grown around it after years of disuse. He and Wade started to approach the bridge with caution, carefully choosing each step wisely. His eyes darted everywhere, looking for any sign of life anywhere near the bridge. He could find none. The place looked like no one had been down there for decades. Without warning, a figure detached itself from the shadows underneath the bridge itself and called out to them. That's far enough. Stop right there. Julian froze instantly, while it took several more steps and a hand on his shoulder from Julian for Wade to stop. Julian squinted his eyes in the darkness of the night trying desperately to see who was speaking to him, but to no avail. Who are you? The figure under the bridge was still as a corpse, standing rigidly beneath the bridge. Julian was starting to feel nervous again, sweat beginning to accumulate on the back of his neck. What do you want from us? The figure took a step forward. Take out whatever weapons you have, place them on the floor, and come towards me with your hands on your head. Wade snorted in disgust. Yeah, let's give the stranger under the bridge our weapons and then join him for a drink in the shadows. What a great plan. Both boys heard a metallic click echo under the bridge. 
I suggest if you want to keep breathing, you do as I say. I can't be too careful with strangers. Julian felt a wave of hopelessness wash over him. He had enough experience with bandits to know that this was certainly one of their most common techniques. Disarm the victims, lure them to a secluded location, rob, and possibly murder them. Yet, if this person really was about to reveal new information about Hyde, he had to take a chance. He slowly reached into his jacket and pulled out his revolver, slowly placing it on the ground in front of him. Wade was staring at him incredulously. What are you doing? Julian shook his head. I know this is crazy, but what other choice do we have? He's already got a gun on us. Wade stared daggers at Julian before dropping his eyes to the ground. He slowly unbuttoned his own coat and dropped it on the ground, revealing his own hidden weapon, one of his katanas strapped across his back. He sighed as he unstrapped it, stared longingly at it for a moment, and then dropped it on the ground next to Julian's revolver. Good. Now come down here with your hands on your head. The voice beckoned them from the darkness. The young duo slowly began to trudge down the dried up riverbed towards the tunnel, and the voice, when suddenly, the shadow that had been addressing them seemed to step back into the darkness of the tunnel, out of view. Baffled, Wade stopped his progress. Julian turned to look at him and hissed, Don't stop, he's got a gun on us. No sooner were these words out of his mouth than Julian heard a scuffle, and a yell come from underneath the bridge. Now it was his turn to be bewildered. He stopped in his tracks and turned his attention to the bridge, straining his eyes against the dark. The sounds of a scrap continued, but the boys could not make out any shapes underneath the bridge. It was all just darkness. From behind them, a voice abruptly broke the silence, almost making the boys jump out of their skin. You guys look like a couple of jackasses standing there with your hands in the air for no good reason. Both of them whirled around at the same time and saw Dorian sitting on a rock a few yards behind them. They both stood there with their jaws hanging open for a moment before Wade found the fury within him and narrowed his eyes at Dorian. Where the hell did you come from? And where the hell were you when we came out of the bar? Dorian snickered. <laughs> well, actually, we stayed outside the whole time, just like good little hired hands. The thing of it is, we were watching everybody who wasn't you leave the bar. About 20 minutes ago, this one guy comes out of the bar, and he doesn't walk to a car or down the road. No. He goes to the back of the bar and starts heading down to that bridge over there. Liam and I figured we weren't doing any good sitting outside like a couple of crows on a power line, so we followed him and staked him out. Sure enough, a little while later, you two show up looking around the bridge yourselves. At this, he smiled with an almost gleeful expression on his face. Looks like hiring us is paying off for you already, doesn't it, bud? Julian smiled tentatively. Looks that way. So then, what's going on? He was cut off abruptly by a loud thud behind them. The three boys turned quickly to see Liam standing over a motionless man. Wade set his jaw and approached Liam angrily. Did you kill him? Tell me you didn't kill him, you son of a bitch. We needed that contact. Liam stepped right up to Wade's face and smiled coolly at him. You best be wide of me right now, lad. I got me blood up wrestling with this wanker under that bridge there, so I might do something we'll both regret if you keep coming at me with that guff. He glanced at Julian and tipped his cowboy hat. Boss, your contact is alive and well. I had to take this off him, though. He tossed the black rifle on the ground next to Julian. 
Dorian looked down and whistled lowly. It's a Remington. Not a whole lot of these around anymore. Must have some nice connections to be carrying this. Julian looked down at the man who was laying on the ground, on his stomach, face pressed to the soft grass underneath him. He looked short and skinny, but was wearing a large overcoat that hid most of his figure. Julian looked at Liam. Is he unconscious? Liam shook his head. Nah, brother. He's just beaten. He was giving me quite a go there for a while, but I took his gun from him and gave him a grand old bop on the head. He just went kind of limp after that. Julian nodded and knelt next to the man. As he drew closer, he heard the man laughing quietly to himself. Unnerved, he leaned closer nevertheless. Sir, are you alright? The man slowly started shaking his head back and forth. I'll never be alright. I've made my peace with that. Julian frowned, not comprehending the man's words. Sir? sir? What do you mean? The man brought his knees up so that he was kneeling on all fours instead of prone on the ground, and coughed several times. <clears throat> if you're gonna kill me, just do it fast. I'm not gonna keep doing the work of evil men. My soul can't take it anymore. Julian looked worriedly around at the group, who looked just as confused as he did. Sir, I'm, I'm not evil. Neither are my friends here. He frowned at this. Contrary to the beating my Irish friend here just gave you, we just came here for information. The man laughed lightly under his breath. <laughs> I'm sure. Stop playing games, I know he sent you. Julian put his hand on the man's back. Sir, no one sent us. I need some very important information, and I think you can help me. The man finally brought his head up and looked at Julian, revealing a worn black face marked by a thin goatee and an even thinner mustache around his upper lip. I haven't helped anyone in a long, long time, old chap. What makes you think you're any different? The man looked perplexed as he looked up at Julian, who suddenly stood up with a look of shock etched over his face. Julian quickly kneeled back down and gathered the man's head in his hands. I know you! Dear God, I know you! The man angrily grabbed Julian's hand, trying to free himself, but Julian wouldn't let go until he uttered one word. Fiasco! The man stopped struggling and looked up at Julian in bewilderment. No one's called me that in ten years. Who in God's good name are you? Julian began to laugh. <laughs> Clyde! It's Julian! I should have recognized your voice sooner, but it's been so long. Clyde Washington continued to look up at Julian in amazement before breaking down and sopping on the spot. Oh my god. Oh my god. I thought everyone was dead. There's still a chance. Thank god there's still a chance for my soul. Thank you so much for joining me for Chapter 7 of Hyde. Next week, we will be listening to Clyde tell us what has been going on inside the town of Hyde during the 15 years that Julian has been gone. So until we meet again, make your story a good story, and maybe someday, I'll be telling your story. Be safe out there, everyone. Goodbye.